attempt to try to leave that one on. Oh well. And okay. We must be hot. We suffer for our art. That's right. We do. So, um, I one of my uh, favorite pastimes is uh, reading articles about people's quote unquote bad boyfriends, as <laughs> as I have brought up on this show before. Glad I'm not that the, guy. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, that's why Nick reads them. Oh yeah, of course. Research. Yeah, trying Research. to figure out how to get in one of those. Yeah, <laughs> look, I all I'm saying is that they totally could have interviewed us for that podcast for a while. They could have gotten all of us for it. I think. Um, Am I so, the asshole? I went to Hawaii with my new girlfriend and didn't tell my old girlfriend. <laughs> that would have been good. I. This is not actually relevant to that. It's relevant to an, a much older episode that we did. Oh. <clears throat> this is a GQ article titled. Tim Robinson broke my boyfriend's brain. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. That makes sense. Uh, the, the byline is, a writer learns the hard way that I think you should leave seems to have a degenerative effect on the language of men who grew up learning to communicate <laughs> and connect through Superbad and Anchorman soundbites. Uh, now, now, before I get into anything, Ken, would you say your language has degenerated at all? Not since I stopped following that Twitter account that just posts <laughs> like the same thing every three days. Yeah. I've, and now that there are three seasons, there's enough quotes yeah. where uh-huh. it's like less people just saying the know. same yeah. thing over I, and I over. I haven't been, been been the same since that swing dancer clip my, my wife. <laughs> it so really that's, bothered me. That's the real one. Or like, uh, uh, you read one of those articles where. Um, the boyfriend got taken up on stage at a magic act and uh, the magician made fun of him. <laughs> he pulled down your pants and showed everyone your little dick. <laughs> Something like that, right? Yeah. Um, I think that's it. Here's the article. It, if my life were reduced to a sketch on a cringy comedy show, it would go like something oh. like this. Girl meets boy. Girl enters decade-plus-long relationship with boy. Boy starts quoting Tim Robinson's Netflix show, I Think You Should Leave. At first... The girl gives these a chuckle, but as her polite laughter slips into silence, boy, in a move familiar to viewers of I Think You Should Leave, doubles down on his behavior, incessantly referencing the show and adopting Robinson's garbled sentences as his own, despite the blank stares at the result. But it's too late for him now. As Robinson himself <laughs> once said, uh, in a line that I've now heard too many times to count, he's mighty sick. <laughs> Which one's that from? I don't know. Maybe the one where you, the first one where he has, they don't, they skip lunch or something? Or no, it's got to be the toilet paper one, or... Uh, they eat the receipt. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, gift, <laughs> the gift party is going to be off. And he it's dies. not that I don't like I Think You Should Leave. I do. It's amusing. And I'm even guilty of glumly confessing I don't want to be around anymore, like Robinson's defeated mall prankster. But my partner, Carl seemingly Havoc. many others' partners, takes on an entirely new identity and lexicon upon the release of each new season. Uh, my boyfriend has been talking uh, to me as if he's a doll with a string on the back pre-programmed to, with sayings from the show. Now I also want to kill the driving crooner. <laughs> God, imagine getting you in a car kill with this guy. Me. <laughs> it's a good show, though. Uh, I, the, the before they show that there's the decal on the side yeah. of his car when he's just puffing out his mouth, like fake smoking a cigar directly at the camera, and it's the most hilarious thing ever. It's so fucking good. He's like noodling his fingers and puffing his. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. For no, like you don't know why. You he's don't know doing why. It. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't show his car from the outside either. I assume he's driving like a. Oh wait, is it just like a sedan that he's driving, or is yeah. it just like? Is it like yeah, they some show you the side eventually. Tons yeah. of yeah. car humor, and I think you should leave yeah. it in a really good way. Like, I mean, like really the, the fucking tables sketch is all about a lady yeah. driving around. Yep. Um, the the drive-through one, I think, brought a lot. <laughs> wait, 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 wait,
Did I send you guys the one where uh, (laughs) the guy with the the Zelda one? Yeah. (laughs) Nintendo's patching the game, and he's like, "Wait, wait, wait! Hold on, hold on, hold on! I need fifty-five diamonds, fifty-five rubies, fifty-five (laughs) diamonds." He's just duping all this stuff before you patch it. My boyfriend and I typically share interests in in-depth Top Chef analysis, me getting massages, or at least try to get into what the other person me loves. getting massages? <laughs> That's one of our favorite pastimes. <laughs> um, I have a lot more questions after that. <laughs> yeah, right. That uh, is a... Uh, I'm, I agree. That's the second thing. I completely, <laughs> I completely agree with this woman, but that, was, that sentence was like two red flags right there. <laughs> Here's where it starts to dip into a thing that I'm a little worried about. Um... Uh, there's something about I think you should leave that is particularly damaging to the male brain. <laughs> it makes men believe they are constantly engaged in an inside joke with themselves. Uh. My boyfriend's affliction isn't unique to him. Every time a new season of I Think You Should Leave comes out, my boyfriend immediately do- adopts Tim Robinson character mannerisms and becomes imp- impossible to be around for one to three weeks. The writer, <laughs> Rain Fisher Kwan, tweeted. New Tim Robinson Day is bad for girlfriends whose boyfriends already do too many bits. Another person <laughs> She's right. Yeah, my stance, unless you are almost in the exact situation where it would apply, don't act like this. You shouldn't just do the bits again. (laughs) Yeah. Repeating someone else's joke is not Mm -hmm. a joke most of the time, I think. Yes. Uh, Or a reference is not a joke. Uh, the PDYL, TTYL version of Loveline, we, we are taking the girlfriend's side on this one, but yep. there's something about her saying that it is damaging to the male brain that worries me a little bit. Mm. Like, I'm like... Am I so susceptible to this? Is it because I already I built up an inoculation years ago with Homestar Runner or something? Yeah. Where uh, I don't know. That is a good, a good question. I guess I think that it is damaging to the male brain, but you just have to not force it upon other brain. people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm getting there's my a, ticket. There's out an next element week. of not saying everything you think in there. Yes. Like even, even <laughs> yeah. if you're thinking every day. Uh, what have we done to this world? What have we done to this world? I just keep thinking about how, for the Metal Aid Maniac, the wall is his floor. (laughs) That's his ground. That's his ground. And he built it. (laughs) He built. (laughs) They say that so many times. I think that that might be my favorite. Wow, really? I am obsessed with the Metal Aid Maniac. It's so similar to... the the crunchy one the the mm. whatever that um the growlies what is that yeah. <laughs> the red guy who, what do who you beats, even do? beats the shit out of Andy Samberg <laughs> yeah. all right all right all right I have a question that's rude and massively overgeneralizing but why do straight men do this every women every woman runs into these type of guys who mold their personalities around some form of entertainment I can't help but think of my middle school experience without hearing about my crush greet every other boy with a prepubescent what's up <laughs> my <laughs> answer to this is that Men are basically apes. Yes. That they, they mimic things that they see, whether they like it or not. <laughs> they they, they uh, mimic behaviors they see. Monkeys but the see. unfortunate I thing the I have Monkeys to break to you is that food. all genders... <laughs> <I see> food. <laughs> Sorry. This is happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> Nick's trying to finish a coherent thought, and Alex and I are just saying pictures of monkeys. And words about pictures of monkeys. They're returning to This will help. <laughs> Bottoms up. <laughs> She's still drink to that. 
Alcohol Can we check the comments on this article? <laughs> Do they uh, have yes, comments? Yes. I'm curious. I want to finish the paragraph. I want to hear all the boyfriends weighing in and saying, that's not annoying. <laughs> I don't feel like GQ has a big commenter section. I know. It's that's different when it's the New York Times. I'm New making Times, an account right now. People love to get, into, get into the shit on the New York Times, but I feel like it's not so much as like that on a lot of other online magazines. Yeah. Maybe okay, they, okay. Maybe they tweeted this article out and we can read them. I'll read the replies yeah. later. Interesting. Uh, why do straight men do this? Every woman runs into these type of guys. Uh, blah, 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 what's up? All right. Uh, in college, uh, the frat boys at USC, a particularly bad bunch, admittedly, either worshipped Christian Bale's character in American Psycho or took on Tyler Durden's philosophy from Fight Club. Uh, seen through that lens, there are more offensive things than being, yeah. than, than being a bit loving I think you should leave guy. Still, to quote Tim Robinson, I can't know how to hear anymore. <laughs> I don't think you should leave. Yeah, no com- no comments on this article. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah, but so okay, my you, people are gonna always gonna mimic things they see in, on movies and TV, and in fact, I think it used to be worse than it is now. Because everybody knew the same things. Yes, yeah, so they yeah. could just walk up to somebody and do it. Alienate people when you reference a thing they haven't right. seen. Right, and I think that's good. I think that probably is good. Because it means that you know speech is less homogenous, even if you are just repeating things that you saw on uh, the internet or TV or whatever. Yeah, um, I think it's good to repeat a tweet. That's my stance. All right. <laughs> uh, well, for the amount of times Cam and Hook I have said to each other, "Is that good?" It's like, all right, so we're gonna we're uh, we're. It's worse when you're. I think it's it's also fine. You know, monkeys hanging out together if they want to. Oh yeah, Repeat yeah. the same thing right. back and forth to each other. Go, yeah. all, go when crazy. They want to go eat nuts. the bugs out, when, out of each Yeah, yeah. Bird, when you're you with know. a different genus, you should like at least respect them. <laughs> what would you call me? <laughs> I called you a genius. Oh, all right. Okay, cool. Oh. I agree with that. <laughs> Scrubs. <laughs> That's right. Yes, yes. I haven't um, seen Scrubs, but I did see that Super Bowl commercial with uh, John Travolta in it. So I, I feel like I've seen it. I haven't seen Scrubs, but I have been getting a lot of ads to try and get me to watch House, mm. which are working. <laughs> <laughs> Making me want to watch House. You had a really yeah, good you house. Keep joke addicted the to painkillers. That's right. I'm addicted to Vicodin. <laughs> Uh, the right, cure is so more Vicodin I'm gonna... for me. <laughs> yeah, I think you like literally said that on the last thing. <laughs> the last ad you got. He's <laughs> always saying it. I like the idea that you're getting ads of House, but it's just like 30 seconds of each episode at a time. That's so sort you've of just happening. been watching yeah, House. I've been watching fighting game stuff through YouTube Shorts, and it's like trying to get me to watch different things through YouTube Shorts. So it's like 
you know, it's 30 it's, seconds of, yeah, the, of house. It's, it's like, it's like, it's like lumberjack competition where people are log rolling against each other. Then it's, uh, it's some, vi- some viral ad for like a, a puzzle that you buy where you swap the blocks in and out really fast. And I'm like skipping through that because I want to see more pictures of the uh, option select that I want to see more videos of the option select that I was looking at. Yeah. Um, and uh, then it's like, uh, you know, this is an episode of House where the whole thing is uh, shot through a comatose patient's eyes. And it's meant to show like House is like, he's still he's still conscious. He's not brain dead. And the other doctor's like, no, I think he's brain well, dead. Let's kill him and go. Yeah, home. let's let's kill him and go home. <laughs> and House have is any like, painkillers? And House is like, can I get some of his painkillers? Oh, there we go. He's not even. He's like, need a Vicodin. Oh. I was in a car accident because I'm addicted to Vicodin. Well, he was in the I car accident because he was addicted to Vicodin. <laughs> That's a plot in the episode. He was Cam. driving to the Vicodin he was, store. He's driving out of state to get more pain pills behind people's back, and then he was in an accident, so he got. That's why he's at a different hospital than normal because he's the patient, not the doctor. Whoa. And that's why people are listening to him. This is a season five episode of House people. that I'm uh, describing, and it will be cut out of this episode. No, keep the House stuff. We're going to do House Take next the week. Turk stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you guys helping me edit the show on the fly. Yeah. No, no. Take the Tarzan stuff out. Leave the House stuff in. House in, Turk out. <laughs> That's my stance on this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Please Don't Listen to This, Your Life Depends On It, the show where we do something different every single week. Uh, this week, we listened to the Talking Heads speaking in tongues, and this week, we watched Stop Making Sense. Wow. And this week, we were making Flippy Floppy. And uh, I have Can with I me... <laughs> All right, people already don't like this. I like it. No, sorry, I was looking over to something else. <laughs> I was I was disinterested for a different reason. Oh, okay. <laughs> is it because I don't have a big graphic that says onions on the screen? <laughs> you should have that there. <laughs> Very important. Let the audience know. Uh, no, I'm we engaged. have uh, we have very cultured psycho killer Seb. Uh, yeah, that's me. Um, I'm very cultured psycho killer. I didn't. Uh, they even know some French. Lyrics. Qu'est-ce que c'est? Yeah, I do know some French. Je m'appelle Seb. Hey, all right. Nice. What does uh, Seb mean? <laughs> <laughs> it means, uh, fuck you. I can't remember my planet, it means hope. <laughs> what is that, a Star Wars thing? That's a Superman. Yeah, that's oh. Superman. Oh. <laughs> what? What did you think of? I don't know. I just figured it was like Skywalker or some uh, shit. Yeah. A know. new hope from a new hope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> On my planet, it means episode four. <laughs> what? <laughs> it didn't even really make sense at the time because yeah. it was the first <laughs> one. Every episode, like all the June episodes of our podcast are always crazy because we haven't figured out the air conditioning situation <laughs> yeah. yet. We haven't figured madness. out how to make it cold and quiet. Yeah, June it's madness. <laughs> I stand by my pitch of a big bucket of ice in the middle of the table. It's not a terrible idea. My little feet in some ice. Like like a reverse fireplace. Earlier today, I sprayed myself with a hose at work. That was uh, an economical way to do it. All right. Um, We'll work it out. We're working on it. We only have five computers in here. (laughs) (laughs) We can definitely get a hose going. Yeah. So, uh, also... I have with me. I just want to say, make it flippy floppy for everyone. I, that's that, good. That, yeah, that's I can't. I can't just do that, Cam. I came with my own. That's all right. You came with your own flippy floppy. Yeah, right. I do. I do. You did just say my name, so I would like to let everyone know there is water at the bottom of the ocean, and I'm Cam. 
That's good. Huh? Carry the water. <laughs> when I was watching this, I was like, that's a dumb thing to say. And then I was like, well, he's right. There is water at the bottom of the ocean. Well, there's also water flowing underground, Alex. Uh, hello. <laughs> Same as it ever was. Same as it ever was. It's always been I'm getting the chopping motion on my arm. <laughs> I'm dancing with a lamp. Uh, and I'm your host, Burning Down the House, Nick. Burning Down the House. Watch out. All right. So, uh, you might well, get what you're after. You might get what you're after. This episode so, is going to be a little loopy because we're all in gigantic gray suits mm-hmm. the whole time. I got yeah, it's a really good visual joke. When my yeah. friend was talking to me about Kabuki theater, mm-hmm. he said, In theater, everything's bigger. And I stopped listening already <laughs> and I was drawing a big rectangle on a Giant napkin for what I was suit. going to wear. Big suit. <laughs> <laughs> the suit was big. Uh, and then I was uh, creating rules about how no one was allowed to drink any water on on set. Uh, anyway, um, that's that. I'll get into that story later. Alex, would uh, you like all to the talk water's about... underground? Well, all right. So... <laughs> how did I get here? It's not uh, <laughs> my beautiful podcast. So this is going to be two hours. Yeah, this, this is two. Really <laughs> we're we'll trying to get it all out now, and then we'll, yes. we're all going to be sick of it. Uh, so can you guys be silent for just one minute? I want to hear, listen to the fan. Oh. Wait, did we turn it back on, or was it not? Uh, it just didn't actually go off. No, we actually. I would like to turn it off if that is okay. Yeah. I think Will we die to, if we, I do that? I think we might need to flip it one more time. Let's just we do die, a podcast we'll that's not four hours, and we can All right. get through. I think we can do that. Alex, would you like to talk about the album first, or would you like to talk about the movie first? Hmm, I think we're going to speak in tongues for the first second. All right. Talk about so, the music a little Alex, bit. Alex, what made you decide on speaking? Speaking in tongues for uh, for your episode this week. Um, I've been kind of on this Talking Heads kick for like a month or two now. Mm-hmm. So I've just, uh, I think putting it out on the podcast is a good way to um, move on and do something else with my life. <laughs> so I think are, that's kind of where I'm at. That does a work. lot of their hits are on Speaking in Tongues. I wasn't even yeah. thinking about oh, it. Yeah. yeah, it was um, like most of that album. And the, I, the, the reason that I picked that album in particular, well, mostly because I, I think it's my favorite one. I've listened to mm-hmm. all of their albums. Um, but uh, also uh, they play a lot of their hits and a lot of them are in Stop Making Sense also yes. and they're different takes. The mm-hmm. the produced versions that they put on the album are pretty different from the live versions that they play mm-hmm. in the movie. Uh, I was and like, I have a couple that I like more on the album and a couple that I like more in the movie. Which when I first saw about. Stop Making Sense and I realized they were playing Psycho Killer and they were doing like a really like downbeat acoustic version yeah. of it, I'm like, wow, this is like really I, great. So I love that they just get that out of the way. They're yeah. just like, you want to hear Psycho Killer? Here it is. It's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Yeah, they have on, done. on uh, I don't know if it's a deluxe edition thing or not, but... Uh, on 77, their first album, they have an acoustic version of that song also. So I don't know if that was a chicken out of the egg situation. but Yeah. That's oh, interesting. interesting. Yeah. But it's interesting. They play the regular produced version, and then towards the end of the album, they have the... Mm-hmm. Like, Does it kind still of have that drum solo. machine in it? I don't think so. I think it's a little bit different. Yeah. I think that that's, I think like, it's that's just guitar. for the show. That's yeah. special for the show, because they talk in the commentary for the movie about, like, oh, here was an idea I had for the show, and, like, you know, the production is, like... I had this like crappy drum machine. It's like it's really like not very high powered one. And I was thinking like, what if Psycho Killer was like a performance I was just like doing in my own home, like in my kitchen? Like, what what would it sound like? What could I do? What's like the lowest power version of this? <laughs> and that would be a fun way to enter into a show that has tons and tons of energy. Yeah, is what he was talking about. Uh, yeah, like it's were, definitely building. The there's whole. so much thought put into that show that I 
wasn't absorbing the first time I ever watched it. Yeah. But that is really cool. That's for sure. But we'll talk about that in the next mm-hmm. second. Yep. But speaking in tongues, uh, a lot of that makes it to Stop Making Sense, which yes. I'm happy you had us watch. But uh, speaking in tongues, the album comes from an interesting idea. I was reading an interview where they were talking about, uh, well, for the concept of speaking in tongues is something that is said to, like, you're having a religious experience. You're speaking in a language that no human can understand. Yeah. It, it was, like, a very old, like, kind of Hebrew thing. It was in, in the Bible in a couple it's of Old places. Testament baby. Old Testament baby. But... <laughs> Then you got like the, the in the modern age, it's a lot of uh, Mormons and evangelicals who are doing it. So uh, it's it's like something that is very old that has been adopted by like kind of the new, it, at least Drifters. in the 70s. Yeah. But he's always like this, right? I mean, the, the lyrics of Talking Head songs aren't like, they don't get more coherent than this. Right. But with this one, he said that he was writing the songs and he just, the before on the first pass, it was just gibberish. Like not even English yeah, words. Just saying yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's what he sounds uh, like. So anyway, then he, that's, that's that's good. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. during during this. I was like, does he write any of this down? Like, mm-hmm. how did this look written down? And all that? That's very interesting. yeah. It's like <laughs> must be crazy. But I don't know anything about writing songs, music. He was so. like going through it with gibberish, and then he was doing a second pass to put in lyrics and an idea for the song later. Yeah, very cool. I think I like a that. lot of songwriters actually do that, especially mm-hmm. if they're they're instrumentalists first and vocalists second like you'll have a jam session and then add lyrics yeah you'll come up with a riff or a melody that yeah. you like and then figure it out from there yeah it makes sense for music to me but that's it for lyrics that's interesting mm-hmm. but i guess you know there are a couple like on some of the albums that i have the like the re-releases and special editions for a lot of these will have like unfinished outtakes or like uh weird alternate versions of these songs and it's fun to think through or to like see where that comes from a little bit um fear of music has a really good one uh called uh dancing for money that is mm-hmm. like just not it's not like a full song but you hear a lot of him going like you know just kind of tell like going through it vocally and then like coming up with the like chorus and then just filling it in with random bullshit wow i mean like uh, I'm going to talk about it when we do my impressions, but maybe my favorite Talking Heads song is Girlfriend is Better. I yep. love that song. And that I've good. listened to it a ton. And so when, you know... Uh, the namesake. When, when I, yeah, when I found out that the, that the concert film was called Stop Making Sense, I'm like, hey, I know immediately that what that's in reference to because there's yeah. no song or album called Stop Making Sense. Right. It's just like a thing that they yell in Girlfriend is Better. Yeah. Yeah. I think that if I, if I remember right, it's... I like, like it's taken out of for using this for a title for your your concert or your film if we're gonna call it the film, um, is like it sounds more like a command, but in the song it's like I'm I've stopped making sense or it's not it's that's not stopped but like as I get older and stop making sense yes like it's not a command it's so I think that's it's it's interesting to take it and put it when I do this when I stop making sense yeah yeah yeah. so I thought that was neat. Mm -hmm. And for a band that does a lot of crazy gibberish, it is funny to have your... Uh, yeah, your, totally. Your, yeah, it's a good it comes thesis across statement as for like, what they're all about yeah, at yeah, your house. Or, or, yeah. And uh, for they, I mean, they, they're constantly jumping around, not so much in... they in, Not really in genre, but definitely in influence and in, like, what instruments they use and how many singers they want to have on a track. Yeah, like, yeah they've got, like, gospel going, singers. Going they've from got one to two yeah. to six to having... And, 
God, this that one drummer the whole like playing the whole time. You can see how sweaty he is. Yeah, by the end when of he it. gets up to sing, and his whole shirt is a different color yeah, except yeah. for his arms. But those two um, singers in the front, they're like in the band. Yeah, I think right. Yeah, they're not just like. Yeah, they're on, on a lot of those songs. Yeah, which was cool to see for me because I was I didn't know like you know I I'd never seen all the Talking Heads like. Mm-hmm. Well, there's, yeah, there's they've like seen four, what they look like. And stuff. Four proper four, yeah, there's four main yeah. members, yeah. and then they have around. they uh, really oh. brought it out because they have such a they have a sound where they need a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after they found some success, like but, if you listen to '77, their first album, it is kind of more restrained, mm-hmm. um, but also very good. <laughs> like when we saw the Gorillas, I was like, okay, how are they going to do this? I know. Those cartoon people aren't real, so <laughs> they're not playing the music. <laughs> Who the right? hell is in this band? <laughs> and then we out, saw them in people it. every time. Yeah, yeah, it was like sixteen or thirty people like throughout well, that because, whole show. That's because for the gorillas, much like with uh, Brendan Small's music uh, of uh, you know Metalocalypse fame, yeah, uh, Death Clock, yeah. But um, he can make all of it on the computer and he yeah. can do every part individually, and then it's like. To see him live, and it's like, well, shit, oh, I gotta get fuck. people who can perform these. I can only do one part. I'm one guy. Yeah, and the girls do a lot of collaborating and yeah. stuff like Nine that. Nine Inch Nails does that, too, because for a long time he was, like, by himself, and then he kind of unofficially brought on Atticus Ross. Mm. Yeah, it makes sense from a, from a, as If you haven't noticed already, we are not We're, too versed yeah. in, or at least I'm, I've we, definitely we've, proved that I'm not versed in. We've done a few mu- in. music episodes, and I think every time we've had to say we're uh, not very good at this. Yeah. I think that enjoy music. over time, like music we're starting to develop more of a critical language for music as we continue to do this. As we gain more experience listening to and trying to analyze Much like a music. baby learning four or five words. Much like an ape mimicking <laughs> things that it saw. <laughs> so, um... I, we don't need to go too long on uh, speaking like in tongues, but um, do we have favorites? Yeah. Does anybody have a, a favorite track? I think yeah. you uh, said Girlfriend. Yeah, Girlfriend is better. Right. better. Sure. It's absolutely my favorite. I think, I mean, there are definitely good tracks on the album. I was uh, singing Making Flippy Floppy to myself all week. Yeah. Um, but... I'm trying to do my best. <laughs> I liked, um, off of speaking in tongues, I think my favorite was Slippery People. Yeah. Ooh, that's a good one. But then... Next, I think Swamp. I mean, I love Girlfriend is Better and Burning Down the House, but those I've... So my, my Talking Heads origin is our dad, Nick and I's dad, would play it occasionally. Mm-hmm. And then I was... mostly just playing the hits. Yeah. yeah. And then recently I was like, oh, I'm going to get into the Talking Heads. And I, I just listened to the hits. I mm-hmm. literally went on Spotify, hit Great the first hits. song, and then just listened down the line yeah. and then saved the ones I liked. So I hadn't... I thought I had listened to this album, but I hadn't. Mm-hmm. So... I the, these up, are a lot of their biggest songs. But, yeah, um, it it totally like you know two two big ones I knew, but um, I ended up liking Slippery People and Swamp because of like the chanty like marchy nature mm-hmm. of them, yeah. like that like rhythmic. I mean, it's all, a lot of these songs are like very rhythmic and like repetitive and like almost like like chants or mm-hmm. something. They yeah. talk on There's the commentary. Like church music, I think that's like where the gospel, gospel. influence yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they talk on the um, commentary for Stop Making Sense about one of the things that uh, they like to do in their songwriting process is they said something that I that struck me as insanely weird, but I liked it, was they said, oh, a lot of musicians will rely on flashy key changes to get people to remember their songs. But keeping a consistent... Uh, key or beat the entire time and letting there be something else to make your song memorable is 
like a challenge, musically speaking, mm. like to write something where like you, there is a similar or samey sound through the entire track, but something else is still keeping you there, still keeping your brain active and keeping it in your memory. Wow. And yeah. that is like something that I found really interesting about uh, a lot of their, that's something that I wasn't even thinking about in their songwriting yeah. until later. I, um, like, I I'd even just brought it up how that sounds like how they have little bits, little tiny solos and sound effects that sound like they're made from pre-Pac-Man game, video games. <laughs> and part of that, I think, is because they're like memorable little act outs, memorable little clips and blips yeah. and twitches that add to the character and personality of a song. Definitely. Uh, Seb, do you have a favorite, favorite um, track? So I'll, I'll I've got admit, the track list if you want. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll admit that a lot of this album, and I'll, I can talk about this in my impressions, um, oh, this well, we're just the yeah, first segment. We're, we don't need. We're not going super in depth. We're, we're free. We're so freestyling okay. for the first part. You can give this your talk bit. More about so um, go for it. Yeah. So, my, my thing with uh, Talking Heads, right, mm -hmm. is um, like they're one of those acts that has just existed in the background for my entire life. Like they come on the radio. They come like people talk about them. They, you know, my mom was never Their songs like songs are in a lot of movies. You're yeah. working with a bunch of 60 year olds who <laughs> like downsized. They saw them tour. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, like I, I never really got into them and my mom wasn't like a huge fan and my dad isn't like a big music person. Um, so I didn't have any particular affection for them. Not, not that I dislike them, but the album's, the, this album just kind of like washed over me a little bit um, in that I couldn't quite pick out like one song from the other a lot of the time. Um, but I do think Burning Down the House like did get stuck in my head a bit and yeah. it is yeah. the hit. It's a great title starting track. song. Or not the title track, the lead track. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. watch out. You might get what you're after. Yeah, yeah <laughs> like, And I don't remember the lyrics either because he is just kind of... You're um, in for nasty weather. Yeah. It's kind of like a, it's Old time. like one or the other. He's either saying something like extremely clear that it will get stuck in my head forever, or yeah. he's just saying complete nonsense and I will never, I, it doesn't stick with me at all. I yeah, he, he does just um, make noise. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's but fine. But like we said, I guess that was intentional. <laughs> so, yeah, it's intentional and fun, I respect yeah. that. And he's, he's part of this weird era of like late 70s through mid 80s music that um, shows through in a lot of hits uh, in that era. Like there's like, what is it, the B-52s, you know, Rock Lobster, there's Devo. Like, I don't know if you guys yeah. know Devo, yeah. Of course. Um, you know, just um, shit like that is just really weird. Good yeah. story about uh, Devo. Um, I am, of course, a Weird Al aficionado. And, of course. Um, mm -hmm. uh, Weird Al will occasionally do, instead of song parodies, he'll do style parodies of yeah. like just trying to make a song in the oh. style of a band or mm -hmm. sound. That's very cool. Um, yes. So he made a song uh, in the 80s called Dare to be Stupid. And he's like, this, he sent it to the you know, lead, uh, the, to the front man, Devo. He's like, I made this and it was in your style. And there's an inter a great interview with the lead singer, uh, lead, the front man of Devo, who's like, I cannot believe he fucking made this song. This song is like better than anything I have ever. <laughs> like he's like really mad that uh, yeah. like Weird Al, like you know he's not wasn't gonna say no, you can't release this, but it's more like I've been doing this for years and you just this is a joke to you. Yeah. How, how'd you do this? Yeah, if it was done antagonistically, it'd be like, oh, you think all my songs are the same? Well, then you make one. It's yeah. Like, all right, here you go. It's yeah. Like, ah, fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I wish I made this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, that's that's interesting. I don't mm -hmm. think I I gotta. Check out more of the I style. I want to say parodies. that um, uh, 
uh, Frank's 2000 inch TV is meant to be a Bob Dylan style parody. Mm. And then I really like that one as well. Yeah, but anyway, uh, this, this is not about Weird Al. It's about another weird guy. Uh, yeah, it's about I, weird I, I just, I want to shout out, we, we don't have to go too long on this album because we have a whole movie to talk about mm-hmm. after this. Um, my favorite song on this, prob- it's, a, it's a tough choice, but um, I really like This Must Be The Place. Oh, God, I love Brackets, this Naive place. Melody. Mm. Um, it's a, a really, I mean, the melody is really good. And then the, the lyrics are a little bit more restrained than some of these other ones. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easier to, like, talk, you know, to, like, sing Very or whatever. earthboundy, I feel. Yeah. Almost. Mm-hmm. Like, just like town music. And then uh, I just really love, towards the end of the song, he holds that really long note. It's so good. Mm. He goes, ooh I can't even do it. I can't go that high. Yeah. I used to, <laughs> I used to listen to that one a lot, actually. That was one of the ones that's on, like, that like whatever top 20 or something yeah. that I was listening to. I really like this really be the place. Nice. I put that on a mix CD for Emily a long time ago. Uh, and I, I listened to it a lot because of that. This is like 1990. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was no uh, other way. Eight track. Obviously, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it was a, it was a mixed disc. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. 90. Uh, let's see. Maybe it was that 2099. When, when did this come out? 2000. <laughs> you know, Kim, this uh, came out in the 80s, so... Uh, but yeah, I, I mostly want to talk about this one because it was... Because mm-hmm. the produced songs do sound pretty different from how they perform them live. Yes. And they perform a lot of these uh-huh. in the movie. So um, I wanted to that contrast a little bit. I yeah. know I already talked about how much I love Our Girlfriend is Better, but I would like to say that uh, I have been... And I have, I have been singing this song all week. Making Flippy Floppy is my maybe my <laughs> favorite song. Like, uh, like, there are a lot of good things on Speaking in Tongues, uh, but... I just like the the very like kind of as you were saying before with some of the songs can get like marching like yeah. the, nothing can come between us dun, 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 dun. like yeah. just like very, very funky like pushing really pushing forward funky. and um this song like there are a lot of like like really weird things about it but you can get what he's going at in this one more than some of his other yeah. songs where I or in some of their other songs where I think that the idea is that um like human behavior is like in its own way mechanical like it feels like we have these rhythms that we go to even from birth these things that we naturally yeah. gravitate towards i know my back yeah. in the air yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> if i were to pick a i do want to mention favorite talking head song I'd, I'd have to say take me to the river i think that <laughs> oh, that's yeah. where it gets the most marchy or uh-huh. i think yeah uh-huh. that one is my favorite so. of the concert and i believe yeah. that's a cover so of, awesome. of an old blues song is it really yeah, yeah. oh I that's awesome that. there's a couple people that have done that, that song. yeah i fucking love that song like yeah. we we it had a great the... spot in this movie which i'm sure yeah oh really, it's really, really long in this yeah. in this too in the concert um nick and i had a fucking billy mouth bass that was on the wall that would sing that and I was like, this song rocks. And then, like, hearing, once I actually went and listened to the song, I was like, damn, this is even better. And, <laughs> and then hearing it in the concert was another layer to it. So I like the song. Hey, I don't care if a fish is singing it or David Bird is singing it. I don't care. <laughs> Just as good to me. Yeah. There's <laughs> They're great. They a lot collab. to get out of this album, like, on a second listen. Like, I, I listened to this a couple times this week to, yeah. try, and, to try and get, uh, like, really absorb it into my head. And I feel like there's a lot of stuff that just listening even just listening to the hits burning down the house and uh girlfriend is better uh, and uh like you know like i there were things that i'm not absorbing about the songs things about the lyrics things about uh the kind of experimental things they're doing with the music that i wasn't 
getting until later on because I wasn't listening for it. I was just letting it wash over me because I was driving or because I was doing something else, you know? And I think that listening for, you know, to try and like pick apart a piece of music can get you to see these things that maybe weren't really a lot of the fun for for me or a lot of like in the, in the process of unpacking this, trying to figure out, it's like, okay, like they made this crazy sound all right like mm-hmm. what instrument is that yeah. like exactly how are they doing mm-hmm. that insane? what are like, they trying oh, to it's, say it's here. a weird synthesizer thing and then he says something that doesn't make any sense it's like well all right cool <laughs> that's really what's trying to unpack it and that's get what's there. so cool about yeah. seeing the concert too is you're like yeah. oh i i can see what at least a, an approximation of what that is what it or, takes what kind of yeah. instruments or, or what kind of how like do you need an 11 piece band for this like you would if you didn't get into the studio and record over it. You gotta so. get a cowbell guy at yeah. least. Or, yeah, the cowbell guy, the guy coming out and doing the bongos in the front. Yeah. That was awesome. But this is all movie. Uh, movie yeah, takes, I think. So. Uh, yeah, I think we're uh, probably good to move on to that. How did I get here? Uh, uh, this is not my beautiful podcast. <laughs> One day you'll I find think it is your beautiful podcast. <laughs> hosting your podcast. Uh, but when we come back, we are going to stop making sense. Wow. That's right. Jonathan Demi directed. Started. Oh yeah. Mm. Flipping flopping. Uh-huh. But I'm no, 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 no. their bodies do. New talking heads. What do you think? I'm too busy dancing. Dancing toes, speak in tongues. Move your hips, shake your lips. Talking heads. Speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues? Is that something they do in France? Try right now, get it on. Sire Records and Cassettes. Talking Heads, Speaking in Tongues. Tomorrow at 4.30, Tower Records and Change Incorporated invite you to meet Talking Heads lead singer David Byrne and Robert Rauschenberg, the artist and founder of Change Incorporated. Tower Records, 4th and Broadway in the Village, an event you will not forget. 107.5 WBLS. Hello and welcome back to Please Don't Listen to This, Your Life Depends On It, the show where we do something different every single week. And this week we are talking about Stop Making Sense, the Jonathan Demme-directed concert film for the Stop Making Sense show uh, that the Talking Heads did in the 80s. And uh, this is... Okay, so first off, 
this is a, a weird thing to say because a concert film is usually narrative in some way. It's usually a oh, documentary. It's a movie about a band yes. and their experience. As much as I think it's, it's stupid to categorize things, I think it's confusing to call this a film. It is a movie. Right. It is. No, I, I, think I mean, it sure, is it, it is. Yes. A filmed concert. They put it yeah. in the theater. It's, it's, it's on Letterbox. It's a film <laughs> comment. It certainly is moving pictures. Mm-hmm. We can all agree. That, so, that we must, second. we simply must have to agree on. And, you know, it's not like Jonathan Demi minutes. did nothing on this. He, like... Yeah. Uh, there's direction. Yeah, there is, there's direction and intentionality and things that are cut and edited and to make this a seamless performance in a way that it would not be even if you were there live. Oh, really? They take from different nights. They uh, use... Oh. Um, Oh, I was I didn't really. Know that. They cut Under the intermissions. They they like slip little cuts in there to make it seem like things that took place on two separate days happened right next to each other. Wow. Um, yeah, I really thought it was all the same performance. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. And intentionally so, I think they really want you to just feel like you are at the this big crazy experience. show. Yes. I suppose that makes it more like a movie because mm-hmm. there is more. You concede involved. it's a movie now. <laughs> I was like, okay. So. I just, I'm not saying it's not a movie, but it's confusing to call it a movie. It's a okay. concert film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. But there are no, like, there are no interviews like you would normally have in a concert film. Normally Correct. in a concert film, it's like in between songs or, or before you get to the concert, maybe you have like, oh, this is them backstage. Yeah, saying, they're backstage. I'm about, to, I'm about to try this new piece. I'm not sure saying, if it's going to work. Yeah. How are you uh, feeling right now? You ready feeling for this? Like now? Feeling pretty tired. Hoping I can get the energy level up. For later, and then it shows you him like screaming his lungs out, mm-hmm. and yeah. like bombing. Thank you. Starts a huge line. <laughs> they usually don't leave that in. But um, <laughs> uh, what made you have us watch "Stop Making Sense," Alex? Mm. Mid drink. Uh, Damn. How's your food? Uh, I mostly I like I said in the first segment I was on, I've been on a Talking Heads kick. I think this this is interesting as a piece of their. Uh, as a piece of them as a band, I guess I could say. Um, it's it, it was like super influential for a lot of people who got into Talking Heads. And uh, they're all, like I said in the first segment again, uh, all different takes on the songs. I, I'm really super interested in how bands perform songs live and how it is different from the way that they record on their studio albums. Um, and I think that this like is a fun way to experience this concert in a way that you never could like i never could because they broke up like right after this yeah Sim- <laughs> simply weren't going to concerts back then so yeah it's a great way to it's like see damn the show. this would be cool if i was there i've only <laughs> ever watched one like musical performance like in its entirety once and it was it was like a couple like maybe oh it was a while ago actually it was a vince staples coachella performance and like that was it was live streamed or something, and it was in, like it wasn't like a a produced video. It was yeah, just like, I'm, oh, this is playing. I guess I'll watch. When that. I was into Steam Powered Giraffe, which I don't know if I've talked about them before on the podcast or with anybody. No. Um. So they're they're uh, like a mime band. So oh, they boy. so so they're, they're not really mimes. Um, I gotta lay they, down. They talk. Steam Powered Giraffe is a mime band, and you've never talked to anybody about it before. <laughs> uh, they. They um, do face paint and dress up as like uh, 
robots from the late nineteenth century. Yeah, like kids. Um, yeah, they're robots, um, and they, they have a whole like they all have characters and stuff. So they were big on Tumblr for a little bit, and and I used to watch their performances all the way through because they were in California, they were in San Diego, and they were playing the San Diego Zoo for a whole summer every <laughs> single day. What? Oh my so, good god! Yeah, that was. They were these were animals? Like, yeah, That's when you like, say, hey, how did you get they that? They had a residency at the zoo? <laughs> yeah, they oh, fucking did. Damn. Next uh, to the giraffe? Alex, maybe you can tell me that. What was the name of the band that Tomorrowland had on Retainer? Oh, they had like a residency You're there. Gonna, oh, you fucking you uh, can't, that's a, I can't that's a pull brutal this. One. I, uh, this is gonna fucking kill me. Sure, it's the not uh, Halix. Yes, Halix. thank wow, you. Wow, good one. That wasn't that long. That wasn't. That was nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Defunct Land did a whole documentary on the history of Halix. That's a really interesting story. Yeah. If you, Good YouTube video um, if you're interested. Having a residency at a zoo is like, you can say, hey, how'd you get that gig in both an insulting and impressed way? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, God, how'd you get that gig? <laughs> you're playing at a zoo every day for an entire summer? The San Diego Zoo. Yeah. So it was fucking hot. Yeah. Their face paint would run so down busy. their faces like, by the this end place of the day. Is a zoo. This place is a zoo, and it's all the animals uh, love the music. I assume with, they, were, um, they were never bothered by that. What's the name? I'm trying to think of it. It's not the Last Dance. That's the Michael Jordan one. Yes. Oh, there's a uh, Scorsese did a concert movie as well for a New York band called The Band from the 70s okay. that he really loves. And I'm trying. It's he's like yeah. I, I want to say it's about out. their like last show because the guys are getting too old and they they got to retire. Yeah. And I have wanted to watch that for a long time, even though I know literally nothing about the band. <laughs> but I know lots about the Talking Heads, and it still took me a long time to watch Stop Making Sense. Yeah. And I know plenty about Jonathan Demi. Oh, you know, little guy, you might have heard of him. He made something called Sounds of the Lambs, a little indie film. Oh, yeah. You might, might have heard of him. Oh, weren't we joking about how far this got in that Twitter movie bracket that you were... Um... Uh, following not this one. for a while. I don't think this one no, didn't stop we were making mostly sense clowning on him because I think that Twin, Twin Peaks season three. Was, yeah. yeah, talking Another about not a could movie. Say, hey, uh, this is a movie. Yeah. It's like, no, it's not. I was making fun of people who were getting uh, End of Evangelion next to you know uh, fucking Chinatown and shit yeah. like that, and like more nerds are on Twitter. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Evangelion's right. like, yeah. gonna win. It didn't. It didn't take it to the end. Like the the final three in that bracket to uh, keep this tangent going a little bit longer. Uh, was Alien in third, Seven Samurai in second, and 2001 in first. Wow. So it, it it eventually thinned down to something that made sense. Yeah, <laughs> movies yeah. that are real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My favorite movie. Mm-hmm. So this is like, this is a performance more than it is a movie, is what we're going to be talking about. Correct. They do interesting things with the filming and editing of this, but a lot of the... The artistic choices that we're going to be talking about are production level choices. Yes, things that you would see. The things that the performers are doing, not right. the things that the filmmakers are doing. Right. If things that, makes that sense. you would see on stage if you were in the audience. Mm. Although there are some things that you would never see if you were in the audience, like every single girl's nipple. Uh, which you can only see because the cameras are too nice for. Uh, and it's very hot in there. I yeah. Assume. Yeah. Very sweaty thing it's like fucking david bird is running for an hour and a half and <laughs> he's like 
I just thought it'd be a good move to to do to, laps. Yeah, yeah to, to to be. Running. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think that far. He literally does laps and, around the stage. Yeah, in life during wartime, he just literally does laps around the stage. That, I, the whole time, time he lays down and does like aerobic exercises. Yeah. It's like yeah. everything is like, how do you possibly keep the Can energy? You do up this shit all the time. That's yeah. crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I got to do a show tonight. I can't. I have, there's this part where I run three laps around the drummer. <laughs> like, how do you not trip over something and smash? your teeth in on like a mm-hmm. on, mm-hmm. On carefully choreographed yeah i yeah. guess so so Very Cam, what did you think of stop making sense oh it was great i really um wasn't too excited to do this because i was like i'm not gonna be able to pay attention to this for an hour and a half i'm like band i'm movie? going to like drift off or like be on my phone or like phone, something yeah. like that and i was like well i, I like the talking heads i am interested in how bands perform songs live like you were saying and the theatricality of it of like oh i want to see what this guy looks like and what yeah, they're wearing weird freak and, move around. yeah like all these guys are assumed you know not professional dancers or whatever and it's cool to see someone just do what the music makes them want to do and a lot of the times with david Byrne, it's, it's not dancing as what as we mentioned earlier like i doubt i sincerely doubt that someone said you should run three laps around the stage. Mm, yeah. I think that was probably, it's safe to say it was probably his idea. I think to do what, that. what I have heard is that that he would just kind of do what comes to him, but he did have like a choreographer or somebody like go over it with him to like make it into something okay. more. But yeah. he would always, he would come up with what he would want to do. Okay. He would bring it to them. And he, I, he wouldn't say, come up with a dance for this. He would mm-hmm. say, I want to do this weird move. How do I make it kind of work within a performance? Yeah. And like, I I think I got from a, like a concert film, like you would want the performers to be doing the same thing every night so that you can cut it together. So like that kind of cements it more as like a less improvised thing every night. It's like, oh, I got to do this part, this part, this part. Next I do this, blah, blah, blah. Next I dance with a lamp or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it, it was it was great. I mean, it's so... David Byrne is just so magnetic and like uh-huh. interesting to watch and like the music I really love. So it was just so fun. Like when it started and it's just him on stage, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And then he's like doing the, the like pretending to fall down thing. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, I'm not going to like this. <laughs> Whatever like weird performance this is going to be, it's going to be yeah. too much. Like, like a, I can't believe there. I'm getting away with this kind of thing. Like yeah. I'm going to do this, and you all paid to People watch me do it. it. You know I'm what I mean? Playing my hit song. Yeah, it doesn't matter what I do. You already paid to come here, and you're gonna love it no matter what. So like, I as it went on, I was I was like, oh okay, I'm really getting into this. Yeah, thing. I think it might be worth laying that down a little bit if anyone listening hasn't seen this movie. Um, it opens with just David Byrne with an acoustic guitar on stage. Uh, the f- beginning, they just show him. They show his feet walking out. They show him put down a uh, tape player, and he says, I'm going to play a tape for you, and then goes into playing Psycho Killer, just him on the stage with nothing, literally no set dressing at all. Yeah. Uh, and then I was the, like, oh, I can't wait to see the set. <laughs> there's like no fucking alley. set. Yeah. 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 It looks just unfinished. And then as, the, yeah. as the music goes on, um, as he finishes Psycho Killer, he comes out... Um, uh, Tina comes out, the bassist, and plays uh, Heaven with him. And then they bring out Heaven Chris, the drummer, and then they bring out uh, Jerry, the second guitarist. So they, they 
add to the band kind of one by one as they go through until they have this mm-hmm. huge ensemble. Which is so smart to do because it's like, oh, look what happens when we add this. And it's just like, you know, like if you're trying to explain to someone what music is or whatever, it's yeah. just or like, oh. explain to them how every part of a band is important. Yeah, Even if exactly. you can't, even if you listening passively don't constantly hear the bass line or don't constantly hear the second guitar like it's not the loudest instrument but it matters yeah well a good example of that is the two background singers that they bring mm-hmm. out who they say the names in the in the at the end of the performance but i don't one remember was what Edna? It was. they had really was... great it, they were just so awesome and it mm-hmm. like solidified the what i know of as the sound of the talking heads this yeah. like gospel-y like funky music so them being out there, I was like, oh, cool. For this performance, they have these two background singers. And then I was, when I was watching it and then reading about it, it's like, oh, these people were just in the band. Like, this mm-hmm. this is part of their music. So, And they add so much to it. It's, it's, they were, and they're awesome to watch. They have so much energy and the dancing was the drummer awesome. in particular is like a real highlight yeah. of, the, of the show for me. Like, just a guy who can keep it keep up this performance level of performance for the entire time. There's no part in the entire show which he is not playing it. Yep. Yeah. It's France. It's, it's impressive. Yeah. I, so as we as we said it is spliced together. So yes. One of the, uh, however but what? like in some songs the bass doesn't come in until later or the guitar mm-hmm. yeah. stops for a little while or yeah. David Byrne is the drums can't yet. stop generally. Yeah. It's always yeah. gonna be a marathon for them. I mean yeah even if there are breaks that's still mm-hmm. incredibly um, impressive. One of my, while we're on while we're on Chris, one of my favorite details about him uh, in the beginning of this, they do a couple costume changes throughout this, which is great. Um, but uh, in the beginning, uh, everyone is wearing like muted colors, but he just has a blue shirt on, which is so yeah. funny. Yeah, I, that was like, one of I the don't first. I want to wear your gross tan suit. <laughs> the first notes I took is I like everyone's outfits. They're yeah. all just wearing like yeah. cool, like '90s, like plain 80s? stuff. It's a very 80s, intentional yeah. choice, I think, to not be rock star flashy. It's yeah, like they have their own style. Yeah, I mean, they're, even they're just nerds wearing from a, Providence, Rhode Island, like yeah. it's a <laughs> gray suit is his yeah. iconic yeah. Uh, yeah. outfit. It's like the most boring thing you could possibly wear. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I've, I, and the fact that they have to wear like they chose that to wear every night to, to film this was, you know, everything is deliberate because it's done for this concert movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I actually got a lot of this out in our in our previous talk. At least my, I'm looking at my notes right now. I mean, I've, he dances with a lamp at one point. That was <laughs> yep. incredibly really impressive, as, as silly as it sounds. Like, it's not like yeah. he's ballroom dancing That's with for, it. He's uh, like, this must be the place. Yeah, they like bring it out and like put it in front of him. I like watching. The, another benefit of the the having a concert or a filmed concert is like the when he wants to trade out a a. a instrument he'll just hold it behind him and someone comes and grabs it and they deliberately show you like they hold on him during that part just to it seems like something you'd normally cut yeah. away from but you see they're the like hey grab it and well, check this out isn't that neat yeah, yeah or whatever yeah. he said that in the design of the the visuals for the concert they wanted the band to be the thing that you focus on they didn't want to have a crazy out there display behind them with tons of lights and stuff because they wanted the band to be the stars of the yeah, show the people yes yeah and, I was. And that was part of the reason they had like the tech guys all wearing black, but also like a, again going back to fucking Kabuki. David Byrne loves Kabuki. He won't stop talking about it. Where you would have <laughs> black, uh, you know, yeah. actors in black suits hold up props to act as the scenery, and it's like yeah. obviously every member in the audience can see them, but you let your brain not look at them so that yeah. you can absorb the story or the actors or whatever. 
Uh, yeah, it, it was, it's, and that's just fun to watch. Like that's, that's, you, they're not trying to hide it or anything. So it's just, it's neat. Um, uh, the back singers, oh, there's one part that when they do finally start using the screens in the background, it's, it's like, oh, okay, what are they going to, uh, bring to this? And then I, I noted oh, yeah. in, it, I noted in my <laughs> notes that at one point they're just showing pictures of people's elbows. Yep. Like yeah. the, it's like, elbows, belly buttons, like, okay, backs, all right, this is definitely a choice. Arms. <laughs> I just like looked up for my phone. And I don't and really like, know how it relates. It doesn't really relate Probably to not at all. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like interesting and, you know, weird in a, in a yeah. cool way. And then I was like, wow, I wish I could put on some type of performance and just make people look at whatever dumb shit I want to yeah. have them look at. Like, you are in control. You can do whatever you want. When you're a band and you sell out a show, you can make them look at whatever weird dumb bullshit you want. Yeah. yeah. Put your grocery list on, on the... I loved that part. Like, yeah. they're just like... It's like word free word association. Yeah, yeah, crazy, just... like, bold red with just text, white text on it. And I... I took a picture and posted in the Discord, but at one point it just said onions behind the drummer. And yeah. it was like, I imagine the crowd just going, yeah, <laughs> onions. I do wish you could hear more of the crowd in this because I like it, going a, to shows it's and It's an hearing. intentional choice to like show Definitely. the crowd as little as possible. Like yeah. on during the end of the show, they'll show, they show them, but it's they're all you're on stage like all the cameras it are on stage makes and it yeah. feel like they're playing in a void because you can't see the walls yeah. of the venue you can't yeah. see the ceiling and i think that. that's probably lights. how it is if you're performing because of all the lights are on you and the bat, like the the crowd is not lit yeah the band yeah, the stage you can't see them even, at all yeah they hardly show the edge of the stage they're yeah. just kind of like there you know it's an interesting choice it, it it to me it kind of felt like it was it was like a choice to make the film feel more personal, like they're performing yeah, for you. Like you're watching yeah. this. And yeah. Like I I did like that, but I, I do I know this wasn't their intention, it but I do like the hearing crowd the crowd yeah. and seeing what they react to, but also they can be the most annoying part of a, a, yeah, a live experience. So um, whenever totally get it. Like sometimes I'll listen to an album on Spotify or like when you would buy an album and they would have bonus tracks and it was uh-huh. um, like the live version. Yeah. And it would a, be like, in my opinion, a lot of time not as strong as the um, mixed version because they wouldn't like particularly change it. They would just be performing at less of a high caliber because they have to do this for yeah. like it's two like hours the at a fifth time. night of their tour, tour hour yeah. two of the, the, the concert. Yeah, so they're tired. They have to save their voice, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and then you'd hear the crowd screaming the entire time. And I'm yeah. like, no, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I hardly like ever listen to live versions. There are exactly. a handful yeah. of live versions amazing. of songs that are like the iconic version of the song. Yeah, like I, have I, like I, I want you to want me is the one that I always yeah. think of because mm-hmm. you always hear that mm-hmm. live version. Under pressure, the live version is oh, always. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. But I actually have that as one of my last things I want to mention. It's uh, "Take Me to the River." I mentioned is probably my favorite Talking Heads song at at the time when I was listening to it. Oh well, whatever. They're your favorite of the things in this movie, right? Well, they perform this song, yeah, isn't it, on an album yeah. of theirs? Fucking who gives a shit if it's a cover or not? I like when they do Take Me yes. to the River. Um, they, uh, I did, wasn't too into the live version as much. But then um, on reflection, I think I, I did like it. But um, yeah, it's, interesting it's that cool they to pick, hear a different version They pick that yeah. song to be the one where they like introduce everyone in the band. Which yeah, is I really love that. Because really, it has like a good, really they, long... They, like you could just play that over yeah. and over again. It just... 
nice good background bass riff. Reminds me the the credits. You know, it's like it's like a, a credits thing. Like it might a uh, bad comparison, but it makes me think of like the Super Mario World credits or something, where it's like you know, here's all the here's all the players that, that you got. Yeah, everyone comes out and introduces playing the melody over yeah. and over again while they they talk over it. It's interesting. Yeah, but it was it was really fun. I wasn't expecting to really get into it, but I I did. Uh, I mean, fucking. David Byrne dancing around is yep. so fun to watch. And the big suit does not disappoint at all. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was texting Desiree while I was watching this. And I was like, oh, let me see if I can, maybe there's a GIF of David Byrne I can send her. And I would just looked it up and it's all GIFs from this. And yeah. it's all him dancing around in the suit when he's doing like his, his weird knee, <laughs> knee uh, yeah. dancing and like <laughs> wiggling back and forth. So, so awesome so fun i love his hairdo and like his just his facial structure is so really interesting like really hard jaw like I've looked skinny at pictures guy of him now and he doesn't look like the same guy to me it's, i think he, he, he's got the same jaw he's got that hard yeah. jaw but, but people he's, get he's just like yeah, people he doesn't age, look as tall like and flabbier. lanky but maybe that's because most of what i've seen of him is in this movie when he's wearing a ridiculous suit yeah, he's definitely not as skinny, but that just happens to everybody as you get older. Yeah, I mean, you, you get, get jowls, like, and you're like, even if you are yeah. physically as skinny in your body, you're just skinny. He still has really nice hair, though. Gaunt. He has like, like bleach yeah, white haunted. hair, and it's still like got that floppy. Uh, <laughs> that flippy floppy? Yeah, he's got the flippy <laughs> His hair is making flippy floppy still. Yeah. But it was really fun. I liked it. Good, good yeah, time. Yeah. Seb. What do you think of Stop Making Sense? Um, so I first experienced this movie at a game board night. Oh, yeah. Board game night. Wow. Um, a board game night at uh, enemy of the there. show, Andrew, and friend of the show, Destiny's <laughs> apartment. Um, and uh, so we were playing a game. I forgot what it was called. What's it called? Yeah, I have no idea. I All don't right. Remember anyway, it's a playing. game where you're on a spaceship and xenomorphs are after you. Oh, Nemesis. Nemesis, yes. Okay. Um, and the turns are very long. <laughs> Um, so you get distracted really easily um, between turns. Or you're waiting around to do your thing. Yeah. Um, somebody, I don't know if it was you, Alex. Uh, yeah, I had control of the YouTube. And okay. when that happens, I have a very small repertoire. Uh, <laughs> but I decided to throw this on because it is just on YouTube. Yeah, it's, if it's Andrew, <laughs> he's turning on uh, like old Final Fantasy soundtracks. Or, or like that. Ogre Battle or something <laughs> like that. Ogre Battle. Um, and... Alex put on uh, this movie, and I was transfixed the entire time. I mean, it was kind of the only thing for me to be doing at the time yeah. because, like, everyone else was either also not playing the game or talking was about playing the rules the game. or yeah. considering their turn. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was just kind of like, "Why does it say onion?" <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm, I'm watching this guy stumble around the stage, and um, I didn't. I don't think it finished out um, no i think we probably there. only watched half of it yeah um but i was i was absolutely transfer- yeah it's, it background is a great background stuff. thing and that's that's kind of my opinion of this is it's hard for me to sit and watch people perform for that long unless i am physically at a concert <laughs> totally. um and that's not be- that's not that the concert isn't interesting because i would look up and and um when watching this at home i would look up and i'd be like yo that's really cool and I, I really appreciate everybody's showmanship. Like every time you look up there, everyone's just jamming out. They're yeah. dancing. They're like really getting into it. They don't look as tired as they should be. Like mm-hmm. um, those um, two sure backup singers maybe were constantly some cocaine was involved. I'm not, I couldn't couldn't be one to say, but could could be. <laughs> um, but 
Yeah, like I, I just tend to help your energy. Yeah, it, it made so me smile. Like again, as I said in the first uh, segment, it's not really my kind of music. Um, it's you know, it's still enjoyable music, but it's, it's like not the kind of thing uh, I would music. normally. <laughs> oh shit! I didn't talk about that at all. Huh? No. Uh, uh, well, yeah. Alex slightly mentioned um, maybe listening to Scott Ackerman and Adam Scott's podcast about the talking yeah, I didn't heads. Get a chance yeah. to do that. I, I did listen Are to like an hour and a half. Are you talking heads to my talking head? Well, it's okay. Yeah. They don't say anything about this. They hardly talk about oh, that okay. at all. <laughs> David Wade is very funny though, but uh, it's good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, um, go ahead, sir. But yeah, so yeah, I, I did enjoy like there. It was a spectacle. Like there was never a dull moment on screen, mm-hmm. except maybe at the very beginning where, when he's just doing the guitar. But that's the point. Is it's yeah. like you signed up for this, and now I'm just gonna play an acoustic like, guitar yeah, at you like, by myself. It's like nothing. There's nothing on stage. There's nobody here yeah. with me. Yeah. And he I'm starts stumbling around. I yeah. I like that because it is. You're right. It's the intentional choice. I think because yeah. it's like his biggest hit mm-hmm. or like one of his biggest hits. It is interesting to play it down like mm-hmm. that because when you're in a concert, like everyone goes crazy for the big like. Yeah, the I hit. was thinking about that. Like when I was thinking about their biggest hits when I was watching this for the first time. I was thinking, like, wh- what do you save for your yeah, last Yeah, what do you song? save for the encore? And so after yeah, Second Killer in the beginning, this. I'm like, okay, so that's not that. And then they do Burning Down the House, like, like 20 minutes later. And I'm like, okay. So yeah, then what? That's then, like six. Like, yeah. They do Girlfriend is Better. And then they do um, uh, Once in a Lifetime. And I'm like, well, what do you have left? Like, yeah. what are you going to end? What's your big ending song? And they're like, okay, it's not even one of ours, but it's... Yeah. They end yeah. on... They do Take Me to the River when they introduce the whole mm-hmm. band, and then they mm-hmm. end on Cross-Eyed and Painless, which mm-hmm. is, like, not um, not a huge hit. I don't know. Yeah. I, I like that song yeah. a lot. Yeah, it, I thought that was a good ending song. It yeah, had yeah like I was, just, kind I was of surprised just because th- I'm thinking so much of the concert etiquette of you saved your big hit for the last song. Yeah. So that people go out remembering... Oh, the, the, are they going to play it? Yeah. <laughs> They um, might not. <laughs> Talking heads, they might not. <laughs> so yeah, I, I I enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed it as it's you good. know background sound. Um, it's definitely a thing that I would think would be better put on it at like a gathering where people could look up at it. And when yeah. we did look our little uh, present exchange back in December, mm-hmm. I put this on, and Hunter and Jensen and Dom all got transfixed in the living room yeah, by David Byrne and uh, yeah. uh, Hunter, who's got his wedding coming up soon. Uh, already had it. Uh, Hunter, whose wedding we're already recording happened. this early. Whose wedding was coming up soon when we were talking mm. about this. We uh, was joking about having all of the... Uh, all of the groom party wearing the David Byrne suits. <laughs> that would be hilarious. That's a good bit. Yeah, the, it's huge. It, he looks like he's wearing a fat suit, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's definitely a character, and I appreciate him, sure. despite mm-hmm. sounding like an asshole offset. Um, <laughs> but you know who I kept comparing him to in my brain oh. was Neil Cicerega. Seems like incredibly oh, another, another gaunt by- guy with glasses who loves to be experimental with music. Exactly. So yeah, yeah, yeah that makes he, sense. He he seems like a, a natural follow through from David Byrne. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he had. I'm sure know, there was some of, influence there. Yeah, a lot of influence, hmm. including in his cheekbones. <laughs> you he think just, there's genetic influence? There's like cheekbones or kind of no, no, no. Neil, Neil Cicerica copied him. He didn't have them before. <laughs> I see. I see. Yeah. I gotta get um, those cheekbones. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, enjoyable time, enjoyable uh, concert, enjoyable band. Um, not something I would probably go see in in real life, but oh man, definitely that'd be something. That's a heavenly yeah, yeah. <laughs> All 
All right, Nick. Right. Heaven is a place where nothing oh, ever happens. Yeah. Yeah. So you're oh, yeah. Fine. <laughs> that was um, a profound uh, lyric. <laughs> yeah, I... That is one of my favorite songs. That is like yeah. it, that's like top three for me. Actually, not a ton of duets in Talking Heads songs, so that's yeah. a that's another thing that kind of makes. Well, and it special. the the fun bit of trivia for that is that the 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 vocalist it, Tina's not doing the vocals for that. There's someone yeah. off stage. Yep. There's singing. somebody in the rafters. Oh wow, that's yeah. weird. It's really fun. I did so someone had, the... who hadn't come out yet was doing the duet on that. It's very fun. Oh, that's wow. cute. I thought it it didn't seem like it was her, but no. I just figured yeah. it was movie magic. I mean, I guess it was. But I looked at the cat, the cast list before I watched this, so I was like watching them all come out and be like, "Oh, it's that guy! Yeah, it's this guy!" Because yeah. like their their pictures on IMDb or whatever yeah. Plex pulls it from, it's obviously like from this era because didn't do a lot of films. <laughs> they're after not this. Act- yeah, they're not really actors. Yeah, they're yeah. musicians. So it's funny that just. It felt like I was familiar with them before they came yeah. on stage, but I totally had no idea. Like you would be if you were at the concert. Yeah. You know? You'd yeah. be like, oh, I've seen a picture of that person before, but that's it. Yeah. I do always appreciate when they do intros for a concert. Yeah. It's oh, like, yeah. They do this oh, one at the end, but it's, yeah. yeah, it's great. Well, because they have the whole band out, yeah. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk through this? Yeah, thing? absolutely. What do you, so what do you think? I, I've seen this before. I so. have. Um, uh, this, you know, I, I think to myself, this must be the place, you know, how, I, you know how it is. Yep. Um, Naive melody. Yeah. <laughs> so Water I room. had already seen uh, this a couple of times. Um, I, I, like I was saying, I put it on in our little present exchange because it's something that I know to be good for distraction. Yeah. Like it, this film being on a big screen is the perfect thing to walk in and look at for a little while and go, oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. (laughs) How about that? But it's like, it just works. Like, uh, like this performance is good. I love the talking head, so it all, like, kind of fits into me. Uh, And um, the things that I got the most out of it this time was I watched it with commentary. The commentary is available for free on YouTube, which is really great. Yeah, I'm going to have to do that next Um, time I watch this. And uh, I, I was getting a whole lot of trivia. I was getting a lot of talk. One of the, like... You get to have the production people on. You get to have yeah, Jonathan Demi, who's really great, because uh, he's talking about it from the filmmaker's perspective, which is something that almost feels invisible when you're watching it, yeah. because you're like, this is just a concert. I'm just seeing a concert. But it's like, no, they actually did tons of work to make it look like there was nothing there. How, <laughs> like, how much later did they do the commentary for this? Is it like years later? Or? It's, it's, it can't be it that much later. It seems like years later. Yeah. Because it I, seems like, so I, I read a, a little bit about you know some of their post-band going going on and they don't seem to want to perform with each other well they don't have to this isn't about performing this is about doing commentary for a film, i know but right? it, so it just like seemed like they commentary. didn't like like you they got do together a commentary for, for before dvd exists I know. and the, the I, comes out in 80s i don't know they got together for the for a reunion thing to promote like 25 years of something and they didn't perform and then they went and then they performed at the rock and roll hall of fame when they were inducted and that was it if i was around a group of people for like all the time very frequently i would also get very sick yeah of that, that's why we yeah you know i'm really sick of you guys right now. a couple of years uh, saying for example there were some creative differences uh, yeah. I also we all it. tried to go solo. Yeah, okay, it didn't work out. Okay, <laughs> um, no, but my, the cam I, show was a disaster. <laughs> you should have got better guests. <laughs> it was a solo thing. It was supposed to just be. <laughs> 
But no, I was curious about that because um, this was very early for Jonathan Demme as a director. So yes. like, if you had done this like five, even five years later, he would have had a lot more yeah. directorial work under his belt. And like before this, he'd basically just done like television, right? Like, yeah. It's a uh, an interesting thing to go. It's like how when you know. Uh, Spielberg first gets plucked. They're like, oh, he did a couple of uh, Colum- he did Columbo and he did like <laughs> he did like uh, L A L A P D the show like like whatever that well, fucking the, trash. I, you show know, is. that's just how you, they don't yeah. just let you make a movie right away. I mean, Fincher did like uh, fucking music videos yeah. and stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm sure before that he did some right, other but, trashy well, stuff. How are you, you know. going to find somebody if they've never done something before? Exactly. And yeah. Like that's good. It's a good that you have this directorial bench to pull from and to give someone their first opportunity. Cause like somebody saw this and was like, Oh shit, I want that guy to do a movie. Yeah. And like, it's great to point to a concert film and be like, I, you know, I, I put this together visually. Uh, and even though you didn't do the production design because they had, they were already kind of had that figured yeah, this out. Was they, yeah. What they were doing for their tour. Yeah. Largely. But you made the film look nice. Like that's something yeah. that's very important to the visual language of this film and something that I think when I first watched this I was very annoyed that the film language was not that they weren't being in my face with the fact that it was a fucking movie yeah Mm. but they work so hard to make it invisible and seamless and that is also work you know yeah um to make it seem like there is nobody behind the camera to make it seem like there are not seven cameras filming this to make it seem like this is not multiple performances or multiple cuts or multiple whatever to make it seem like when the lights go out, they just come back on, and there wasn't like something in between. Um, one of the funniest things from the commentary is they talk about how uh, uh, right before the intermission, David Byrne goes, "All right, anybody have any questions?" Yep. <laughs> and yeah, good he job. walks off. Really good job. But in the movie, like he says that, and then the lights just come back up, and they do another song. Yeah. But uh, that was like right where they break yeah. in the in the actual performances. And. Um, there were great stories in this. Uh, I liked them talking about uh, the origins of the song "Once in a Lifetime," which I'm sure have been told in many interviews. Where uh, they were, you know, driving around trying to get radio stations to play them, and on Sundays it was all these evangelical preachers, yeah. and mm-hmm. how they were always talking about the devil, and they weren't really talking about God all that much, and they're, <laughs> you know, talking tra- talking about people re-examining their lives. Yeah. And Dave Friend's like, "What am I doing? I, I, yeah, I could do some of this stuff. Like, how this, did I this get here? Good. Yeah." <laughs> and you may ask yourself. Yeah, yeah. I love. All, I mean, and a lot of that influences in the the way he moves in the song, and also mm-hmm. in the music video for Once in a Lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like that was the huge influence for the way that he moves in all these songs. It's yeah. just taking notes from the way that these mm-hmm. televangelists did their thing. Raise hand. And yeah, something that we talked about uh, last week oh, in I... uh, in the Tom Popo episode is something that I think I was really getting in from listening to David Byrne, which is that. No, you can invent something on your own, but nobody becomes truly great without taking influence from somewhere else, mm-hmm. in my mind anyway. And like I feel like this, so much of what he's doing is something that he plucked from a specific place, from evangelical preachers, or he talks about seeing break dancers in Yoyogi Park <laughs> and stealing moves from them yeah. uh, for uh, things like that, or how he talked about like, oh, for once in a lifetime again, my the character I'm portraying uh, in order to get into character, I would put on these fake glasses and I would just start twitching. Yeah. And then I'd be like, all right, now I'm a different guy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. Yeah. Uh, what, that song is uh, a good memory for me, uh, driving home with Destiny, Andrew, Alex, and uh, Rowan. Uh, we, were, we were doing uh, Radio Roulette, whoever had mm. you know, control yeah. of the yeah, aux. Yeah. 
Oh, did I put that on? I think you might have put oh, that no. on. It was you <laughs> or good. it was um, Andrew. And like we That's had the funny. whole car singing it. Yeah. Um, despite have, me not quite knowing all the lyrics, yeah. I knew most of them. You well, you had seen, seen uh, you had seen Hot Tub Time Machine at that point. Yeah. <laughs> have you guys seen the video of Kermit performing? I was just about to break this no. up. Uh, <laughs> it's very really, important. really good. There was also a really good um, source filmmaker Gmod edit of uh, oh. the G-Man doing this. Oh, uh, the music I gotta, video I gotta for check this. that out. Yeah. I can already I'll send see it him to doing, guys. doing the walk. Yeah. Like, I think um, they did another Talking Heads song on, on the Muppets once, too. I, I, I they had definitely, it in the first yeah. segment. So, like, I can't remember what it was. about the timing lining up, the Talking Heads were getting big in the 70s. The Muppets get big in the early... In the, well, their, their movies in the 70s. Like, yeah. They, they do 70s. It's yeah, something to do with the chick... Oh, it was Psycho Chicken or something. It was Buck, 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 Buck. Anyway, all right, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, you got you look it, it up. together. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yes, talking about uh, you know getting this influence from preachers or break dancers or the the whole he David Byrne never ever throughout the entire commentary never shuts up about Kabuki theater. He loves God Kabuki damn. theater so much. <laughs> it's really so funny. funny. And uh, but like I, when he was talking about, it, I was starting to see it in so much of the stage play production of yeah. this show. Like, definitely okay, apparent. people wearing black come out and they hold up props. They, you know, yeah, they're they, bringing the stands in and um, out and grabbing stuff out of his hand. Yeah. <laughs> um, the way this is staged, like there are no people around, like there is no stage, there is no nothing. There is no background. It's like making you very much focus on the body language and, and the speech of the performers. And that's it. And, um, the screen elements are very minimal. Like they do stuff with the projectors. We were talking about the big onion sign earlier, yep. but they don't the do a ton with yeah. that, except for like isolated enough. incidents, which I think is really cool. It comes in really late in the mm -hmm. show too. Mm -hmm. That's true. The screen. Yeah, it, and for like a, and like you know, the rock shows were known for like all the shooting off fireworks and uh, pink. Uh, not quite at the time, but pink yeah. lights, lasers that would you put out people's eyes. When you go to a concert, you generally think they're going to go big, and mm -hmm. I think it is an intentional choice for them to go small in mm -hmm. some places. Yeah, it's very good. They talk about how their instincts are not big. They have they their instincts are artistic and, and weird. Yeah, they don't have There's stupid art nerds. Yeah, they don't, yeah exactly. They don't have necessarily the energy. Like they were talking about how. Psycho Killer came about because like they had like the start of it and David Byrne came to his art school friends and was like I need help finishing this song it doesn't have everything yet and uh, that's like such a fun collaborative way to come up with something and we talk a lot about David Byrne in here but you know the the whole band puts together such an incredible performance here yeah and it's and so much credit is being given and especially on this commentary where they're talking about like oh my god did you hear the solo can you look at how much energy this guy's putting into this where uh, uh, they talk oh, about how the, mention, they all just look so happy and they're, yeah, they're having, yeah. all having so oh, much yeah. fun. It's, I think it's awesome. The, um, and one of my notes here, I, I think uh, Burning Down the House was the one song that I noted that the most people looked like they were having fun. Yeah. And that was the, the like one song where everyone seems to go absolutely wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, God, what was it? I'm trying to remember which song it was. They bring out these two fucking Star Wars looking uh, backup singers and they talk on the commentary like, the girls thought these outfits were really stupid. And looking back on it, I feel bad for having them wear them. <laughs> <laughs> it's all very fashionable now. Like, one girl's yeah. in, like, a romper, and yeah, then the other yeah. girl is in just, yeah. like, a monotone, like, like mossy green. Mm -hmm. it's, it, yeah. I thought they were great. Uh, the slippery people is when they start to bring out most yes. of the band. And then I think that that was it. The rest of it. But. 
Um, but it's, God it's help us. like listening to these like little tidbits of commentaries helped give me so much more appreciation for something that I already liked. I already liked all these songs, and I already liked the film Stop Making Sense. But now I, you know, I'm thinking about it even more during this process. I'm thinking about where all this stuff came from, and I just ended up re- having a really good time. So thanks for uh, thanks for yeah. suggesting it. I'm gonna run through my notes a little bit here. Yeah, I, yeah. I mostly touched on a lot of this stuff because it's come up in the conversation. Um, but uh, I mentioned the uh, offstage vocals on Heaven. I, I really like this live version is really good. It I like good. I it's like both good. this version and the recorded version a lot. It is like a top three Talking Heads song for me. Um, but uh, I talked about Chris's blue shirt. I thought that was funny. Um, <laughs> I didn't see. notice that his blue shirt it's, was it's so blue interesting. Shirt. <laughs> well, they're all wearing gray. Yeah. yeah. And then he's got a, like a blue polo on. It's so oh, funny. yeah, the polo. I do remember yeah. the, the polo. Yeah, he's like, fuck yeah, you. Yeah. Fuck your uniform. Yeah. yeah, and it's such a drummer move, I think. Yep. Like, it's like, yeah. oh, I'm barely... The stereotype about drummers, it, it tracks, yeah. I think. Yeah. They're the most important person. Um, I talked about burning down the house. It looked like they were all having the most fun on that song. It's it was it's kind of early in the set, but it's like everyone's just going fucking crazy. It rolls. Um, on uh, life during wartime, uh, David Byrne does this really funny thing where he pulls back. He pulls his face back from the mic and like scrunches his face yeah. up yeah. when he says like This ain't no disco. Yeah. This ain't yeah. no fooling around. <laughs> yeah. Like go back. Like you, you guys can't see this on the podcast, uh-huh. but it's very funny. Um, and then he says that he got that line from somewhere. He says that uh, when I'm they sure went, it was yelled at him no, in a class was, or something. They were going to play a club. Oh and yeah, this somebody ain't put, no disco. Somebody put up a banner saying "This ain't no disco" to advertise the Talking Heads as like a rock and roll band. <laughs> and uh, David Burns like, well, actually, we thought that was Uh-oh, we, we they're, they're like we like disco. We we thought that, we thought disco fun, was yeah. cool. We used a lot of disco in our influence. And I'm like, yeah, you do. Like this is very. Like at a time when cultural lines were definitely being drawn, they certainly took the the stance of like, oh no, disco is cool. We're going to use some of it in our yeah. in our music. Yeah, a lot sure. of beeps and boops. And um, like... Also on Life During Wartime, he does uh, he does a really funny little shimmy. It's like he basically does the wacky waving inflatable arm tube man, <laughs> yeah. where he like moves his uh, whole body in a sine wave. It, it really rolls. Um, that's also when he does laps around the whole stage. That's a that, like that is one of their biggest hits, and that is one of the most fun of these songs to watch insane in this movie. to watch somebody sing and play an instrument at the same time and run and still and yeah move like a weirdo it's, it's crazy <laughs> like as much as we're describing it we've mentioned it like four or five times but looking at it is is really a whole nother yeah. experience so um for for swamp he like completely changes his look it's like after the costume change but he has his hair completely slicked back yeah, yeah. and he's like barely lit and he plays it like ghoulishly like he's like a- acting like a skeleton because it's like a couple of the lyrics in the song it's very cool um uh i, I mostly listen to talking heads music but he plays one of his solo songs in here uh, oh, really? what a day that was and mm. i was like eh, fine whatever <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. i think uh tina and one of the other guys yes they uh, tina plays the tom tom club song uh that nobody remembers the name of but i wrote it down uh, genius of love yeah uh, yes. tom tom club oh, yeah that was good her which one was she married to chris uh, yes, the okay. Chris, the drummer. So yeah, she and he were married, and they had their own side project yes. called Tom 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 Club, which I you know I and, read the Wikipedia uh, page, but she did it with her sister, who is not performing with them unfortunately. Yeah. But but like, uh, insane that you would play a band with your husband, and 
be married to him yeah. and have another band with your They were like, kind of a one-hit wonder. They yeah. really only had this yeah. song, but uh, I'm, it's a good I'm song. I'm just kind of like, how could you, like, I know it's your husband, but you need to spend time with other people. Yeah. Um, that is, uh, when they do that song, um, it's the only one that David Byrne isn't on stage for, and it's because he's changing into his gigantic suit for the, <laughs> the next song. <laughs> um, uh, where was I? Sorry, hold on. Uh, I talked about uh, we talked about the lamp. It's really cool that he does he does like weird dancing with the lamp. He kicks it around. Um, I do think this must be the place. I, I think I like the recorded version a little bit more, um, but this live version is great. I talked about the really good high note towards the end of the song that I like. Um, we talked about once in a lifetime. I love the stupid chopping motion he does on his arm. He's like, uh, it's cool. <laughs> it's, <yeah. laughs> it's, weird. it's just so. I didn't even think that all of this was choreographed, really. Like, or, yeah. or like, well, you, so you much see thought David Byrne uh, get to on be. the floor yeah. and wave his legs around. You're like, yeah, this. He just spontaneously decided to do that. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's most of what I have to say. Oh, I have to shout out. Um, I believe his name is Steve Scales. That's what I had written down. Yes. What a crazy name. Uh, yeah. Really good. He's the the guy who does the bongo on a lot of the more oh, weird yeah. uh, okay. instruments, and he's just such a fun presence in this whole movie. Yeah. Just like dancing with the backup singer is like doing all sorts of crazy shit. Uh, he like sticks his tongue out at the camera at one point. Oh, yeah, I yeah. saw that rules. Um, yeah, he was electric. Like, he was like awesome. he was having the most fun there, yeah. and it, yeah. it owns. It's really cool. Really diverse cast on this too. At a time where you could have just been all white people. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're they're a band that play. really embraced a lot of different sounds. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. they have a lot of African melodies. They have a lot of gospel stuff. They have a lot of soul, international jazz. They yeah. talk about yeah. early hip hop too. Yeah, and the Tom Tom Club stuff is very, very hip hop influenced. Yeah, it's very cool. It's cool to see. I uh, I love all those sounds. Uh, but yeah, that, I think that's most of my notes. I'm I'm glad that you guys all enjoyed this. Yeah, really nice and unique experience, I think, and good to revisit some some Talking Heads stuff yeah. that I had. I'm heard starting to feel like it right now. I'm sweating now, yeah. just about as so, much as he was. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're gonna get out of this box before we are burning down the house. That doesn't make much sense. <laughs> no, um, no, before right. the house burns us down. Yes. Wow. So, oh, okay. Yeah. That works. We're uh, closing this out, but if you would like your own episode on a combination album concert movie you would send it to please don't cast at gmail.com and please that is please don't cast at gmail.com and the line is out the door just kidding you would be first in line <laughs> if you send it to us we do not have anything lined up right now just think we do but those fucking assholes did not send it to us in the form of an email Ooh. which means that it's if like you jeopardy send, it doesn't yeah, count it's yeah. unless it's in the form so, of an email if you do did it. send it to us in the form of an email you would get jumped to the front of the line wow. Uh, and if Take you a screenshot of your episode, text to Nick and email it to us. <laughs> Please, <laughs> God damn it. Um, but, Seb, you've got your own episode coming up next week. What are we doing? We're going to do a little uh, something creative, mm-hmm. I think. I think we haven't had enough of a creative outlet on this show. Mm-hmm. We just consume media. <laughs> and then uh, talk about next product. Right? Yeah. That's what the yep. show's about. Ikea. We did do hot chip and lying. We did hot chip and lying. Bad boyfriend was on. Uh, we did donut. Um, so we're going to do a little figure drawing. Um, I've been considering having everybody do some drawing for a long time in different forms, but it was always too visual. But I think 
the process... We haven't solved that problem, but we're doing it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, we didn't. But I think the process could, yes. could be fun to talk about. We talked about it as something that generates a physical final result that will uh, not be seen yeah, by the listeners Yeah, we've done props. We've done donut. We've, we've done, done sandcastle. You can't see the result of that if you're listening to the show. Yeah. Um, you know, but I, you're we right. I do think the process yeah. will be good. Yeah. Um, and we'll probably get more into the specific uh, rules and regulations of what we should actually be doing. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> uh, uh, but the on rules that episode. cast next week. But uh, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we will be back next week with some uh, beautiful artwork, I think. Mm, we shall see. <laughs> that you, but you won't see, Lister. Nope. <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll start tweeting again. I'll post right. it. Bye. 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 <laughs> Any questions? Yeah, no.